0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Post and Black, where we celebrate Black excellence behind the lens. My name is David Hunter Jr., and I am your host today. And today, we are excited to have Life Garland and Jarreden O'Connor, fellas. Thank you so much for joining us today on Post and Black.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Oh
0: no, this this is special. This is awesome. We we have two guests at the same time, and this is something new that we're doing today. Um, and just to start out, we want to keep with the with the trend of posting black we want to start out with an icebreaker before we jump into everything so i'm going to ask you both if you could take only three items to a deserted island what would you take with you and i'll start with you jared
1: oh all right tough so (laughs) three items um one i I hope they have wi-fi my phone i guess i'll take my phone that would be a good useful thing to have the multi-tool joint um (laughs) man another one let me see. I'm a big reader. I love reading. So I, I would take a book for sure. Um, what book that is, I'm not exactly sure yet. Um, okay. So I would, some kind of book. And then the third thing I would take, maybe okay. like a, a, a barbecue grill or something. You know, if I'm from the <laughs> South, from Memphis, so I can move around.
0: I got to catch the fish
1: and, I, and eat the fish here from the deserted island. So for I sure. I best. heard
0: Memphis <laughs> got that got the best barbecue. So Man, uh, the best, the best. Great. Okay. Okay. Well, life,
2: life. What about you? What would you say? My Swiss Army knife, first mm-hmm. and foremost. Okay. You know, sorry about survival first, not entertainment. <laughs> yeah, I'm all entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> and and then and then after that, it would certainly be um, something. Um, I probably say um music um yeah. i don't know yeah. It could be anything uh but my favorite is prince so i'd okay. have to say i would have to have prince on the island or else i like i don't, know, hey. what do. <laughs> I don't hey. know what i'd do i
0: don't know what i'd do i would that's awesome
2: yeah and then the third would be yes yeah, something to, um something positive to read mm-hmm. just
0: gotcha. you know gotcha. anything i i love it. I, I love it. You know? Yeah, no, I, I love it. You both, both of you, gave some very, very solid, you know, you, you know, wisdom in your choices uh, for what you what you would take with you, you know. And some people they were like, "Oh, I'm gonna just take this. I'm gonna take that." No, that I, I saw some thought there, so I think that's pretty far. And as you as you said, I have some books behind me. I love to read too, so I take a couple of books with me. Um, yeah, fellas, sure. fellas, this is this is amazing, and we're we're just excited to have you both. Obviously. You have a a new show that we're going to talk about out, and we'll just talk about that, you know, what say what, hooray, all of those things. Um, One of the reasons why we wanted to have both of you on, because we have the editor, Life Garland, and we have producer working behind the scenes. And a lot of times when we're talking about Post and Black, we have people working on the shows but the, they have to get actually hired to work on the show. And there's thought process that goes into why you pick a specific uh, editor or a post-production professional. So I want you first both, before we dive into the show, to talk about what it is you do, Jared, and you can talk about yourself and your background, and then we'll go to life and talk about your your history as well. So Jared, and tell the people where you're from and what it is you do.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so as I said earlier, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, born and raised Memphis. Uh, I brand myself as a multi-hyphenate filmmaker, uh, yeah. Which is crazy because a lot, I mean, Life, I don't want to jump on your answer, but uh, Life and I connected over there, too, where we, we kind of do more than just uh, mm-hmm. edit or more than just, you know, direct. We kind of do a little bit of everything, a lot of bit of everything, really. Uh, so that's where my background is, just to be a multi-hyping the creator, originally from Memphis. Uh, went to school in D.C., went to Howard University. So shout yeah. out to the Mecca. <laughs> uh, the real HU, if you will. I know you went to Hampton. <laughs> where I did a little research, so at the third yeah. at the <laughs> yeah, nah, I had to Yeah, I in. Yeah,
0: worn, For those of you that are watching uh, <laughs> or listening, I may have worn a Hampton shirt from my Howard brother right
1: here. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I started too, and I was like, nah, I ain't going to do it. That's his toe, you know what I'm saying?
2: That's all uh, um,
1: But yeah, some multi hyphen filmmaker from Memphis. Uh, went to school at Howard. Great education, uh, especially in the film department that Howard mm-hmm. has. Uh, and when I was at school, I actually. Uh, emphasized in cinematography and directing. And it wasn't until after I graduated school that I really like honed in um, a lot of posts, uh, which I, you know, worked in advertising over Portland and moved to LA uh, to freelance now and do a lot of TV and commercial work, um, both again uh, in the post world and in directing world, in the cinematography
2: world. Uh, so a little bit of everything. So
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And life, life also, we hear about you as well.
2: Yeah. It's uh, um, I uh, I didn't go to school. Um, I went to the School of Hard Knocks. Um, I went straight to propaganda films. At a t- uh, time when, you know, Antoine Fuqua was there, Michael Bay, uh, Spike Jones, you know, some really big directors, I got to learn under them. Um, I always knew that I wanted to be in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just all fascinated me. So I, you know, I thought to myself, well, let me learn it all. Let yeah. me, you know, figure it out. <clears throat> so, you know, I started in production and um worked that out for about two or three years. And I just, you know, just found every facet of it, you know, fascinating. Somehow I had some interview or something at a post house and me and this editor just really clicked and and um he's like, Hey, would you be interested in assisting me or you know, uh-huh. assistant work? And I being super young just said yes (laughs) you know and so i dove into it the more i did it i was like this is fascinating like you know you can actually change how people feel you know by a click of a button it's like it's 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 amazing so anyway you know i really fell in love with it and i've stuck with it ever since Yeah.
0: yeah Yeah, no that that's awesome and that kind of touches on a little bit of what we're going to go into next. Um wh- what got you started? And you talked about going to the school of hard knocks. Believe it or not, that is a common thread among some of the guests of why they chose the path that they chose. Um it was to get out of a certain city or an environment or to try something new and it just sparked a thought or a conversation with somebody. Um what what was that journey like once you talked to that editor and saw you could have that type of impact on the industry because obviously you've had an accomplished career uh thus far but what was it like initially once you got started what you know when finding your niche and kind of getting everything going
2: uh a lot of, i mean i bumped my head a lot you know okay. what i'm saying like yeah. i was just so excited about it but i was uh i you know i didn't know what i didn't know right mm-hmm. so you know, it would be repeating questions, asking this, asking that. But you know, I knew I wanted to stick to it, so I started, to, you know, really doing the work. I would, you know, be the first one in, the last one out, and you know, digitize the footage in myself, and you know, and it and like I mean, I did that religiously for like six months straight, you know, yeah. uh, and and um, it's just I find that you have to really want it, you know you have to really like, you know, there's, you know, there's a connection beyond just the work. Um, right. what I'm trying to say. Right. And so, you know, I was lucky to find that at an early age. Like I started editing at like 19, 20. Wow. Um, so yeah, I just found it all fascinating and I just stuck to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And, and uh, you know, at the time for me, You know, it started off, like, production and everything started off as this, like, you know, it was like a means to an end, like, okay, you know, I'm on my own, I have to pay my bills, this and that, but then I started, like, finding that respect for it, you know, and Mm -hmm. once I started finding that respect for it is when I wanted to learn more and more and more, and then I realized you can never stop learning in production, and that's even more exciting. You know,
0: right. Right. No, that's that's really great. Yeah. Really great. And Jared and uh, you know, you talk about going to Howard and obviously my brother and I, we're we're from the area. We we were born in DC and our, our mother went to Howard, so really? we're we're familiar. Um, what's it like going to school there and being in the department? Because you know, life talked about learning all these different facets. And one thing I would say about Howard, there's a lot that you can learn from alumni or people yep. in there, a lot of resources. What was it like for you kind of, you know, jump starting your career?
1: Yeah. So for me going to Howard, um, uh, it was, it was an amazing blessing. And I always tell people the story how I almost didn't go to Howard. Um, and it was, and I think it's a lot of things that life happen for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. And I was about to actually turn in an application to go to another school, like my a full acceptance letter. Uh, and yeah. then I checked the mailbox, just like offer of whim, Howard sent me a scholarship. And I was like, yo, I'm going to Howard. Uh, so when I got there, it was like, I had that sense of like, oh, this is a blessing. So I took a full advantage of it, especially mm-hmm. in, in terms of um, being in the film school. So knowing all these great they went out of Howard like Bradford Young, Ernest Dickerson, all these mm-hmm. great, uh, especially DPs that came out of Howard. Uh, Holly Garima was a, as a professor there. Uh, so I really like understanding that uh, going in and knowing that I can't go out here and like and Slack or if I want to be a filmmaker and a Howard University filmmaker, I have to really go for it um, because of you know, this this is a tremendous thing that, that God gifted me. Seeing in the, in the university, it was always like, for me, I'm, I, I, I'm a hustler, you know what I'm saying? So for me, yeah. it's like, what can I do outside of the classroom, outside of the work that I'm giving? That, um, that can propel my career forward. So even if it's like, you know, I used to bother Halle all the time, go to his office, just like, hey, look at this little thing you me and my friends did on the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. And anytime like, you know, Ernest or, or Bradford came to the school, I'd be like, yo, look at my work. You know, I was like, I was that past young filmmaker, you know, um, yeah. but it, it really taught me one, just like the hustle and like keep continuing to hustle. But then mm-hmm. two to have that that background of black creativity and be surrounded around a lot of black creativity. Uh, whether it be, you know, in the film school, in the finance, uh, fine arts department, uh, no matter where you look, it's all like, you know, black excellence, but definitely like, like your creativity is on the ultimate high. Um, right. So for me, Brian and Howard's not one to be, uh, well, one to be, you know, one of those black excellent, you know, creative yeah. people, uh, like we have, a, you know, a slew of alumni. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it's like I said, the, the hustle came out when I was like, all right, what can I do, you know, in class? To, to really push the envelope um, mm-hmm. on, like, creativity and filmmaking. But then also, what can I do out of class to also bring back to my professors to be like, hey, this is what I'm doing outside of your classroom. How can you help me become a better filmmaker uh, in this world? So I was, like, you know, obsessed with being a filmmaker, uh, and I still am, you know, um, but definitely early on, it was like, you know, you learn all this stuff for the first time. Like, oh, dang, like, I'm learning shot composition. I'm learning, like, pacing, and, I'm, you know, I'm 17, 18 years old taking in on uh, this whole world and like giving you know some of the best uh mentors and professional uh, opinions from at from howard university professors and, and alumni so like I said, it was, yeah. it was just an amazing opportunity definitely blessed to be at the school and i carry that on with me to my my life after school too just like making sure i work on projects that reflect people that look like me and, and you know the yeah. black community black diaspora in a very positive light uh, which i again yeah. kind of found my purpose at howard just to you know, combat all the negative images and stereotypes of the black community uh, through my through my image, which is where you know what say what kind of came in. We're going we to make something really fun, cool, but like very much so us. You know, and I think yeah. that all came from my my education at Howard.
0: Man, you you both of you shed so much light, but I mean, what you just said was powerful. You know, you talked about all the reasons you know for going to a HBCU. Period. You know what I mean? Growing up around Howard seeing it like in high school and stuff obviously I didn't I didn't want to go because it was home like close to home but getting that HBCU experience seeing black excellence and then you talked and want, you talked about your you know your I guess determination your relentlessness you know thinking outside the box and when other people may have been focused on this you were like well how can I you know stay in people's ear and you just never know it's about relationships and that's you know we're going to talk about the, the relationship between you and life here but what say what uh, and you Spartan. I'm just gonna jump to it because you brought it up now. How did that come about? And then I'll I'll talk into the uh, the aspect of picking somebody to work on the show because it's such a unique show and a, you know it's not just a regular talk show, it's not just about music, it's so much there. How did that come about mm-hmm. and then talk about the relationship, how about how you want to uh, go at go and reach out to life?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so what say what came to me about I think it was like a year ago, uh, mm-hmm. about like January twenty twenty one. and it came from so who race our uh Rich Stevenson, uh okay. Tiana Harris, and then our director Jarbriel uh Henning, uh Rayford is um they came to me like, Hey, we got this idea we wanna develop because Mino, um, our guest on the show, yeah. we, uh can had this original idea. He was like, All right, I have this idea, I wanna do a very black show, um, that's you know, part rhapsody the basement, part um like artists expressing themselves and you know, un, um, you know, unabashed from like any other like opinions, definitely like, you know. What Smino always talks about is that, you know, you get opportunities in, like, the Jimmy Fallon show and, like, all these other, like, great, amazing platforms, but they're not really us, you know? So he wanted to make a show that was, like, us. So Smino went to Hooray, uh, Tiana and, and Rich, who have the EPs over at Hooray. Uh, and I've been working with Hooray for about three or four years now. And Hooray came out to me and was like, hey, we got this show. You're a great, you know, creative producer. Can he you help us develop it? So he went into development for about three or four months, five months, um, uh, before we even started production and then once we started production it was like full steam ahead like making the best blackest dopest show we could um, and then zero vertig's minos camp um was a, was a big part of it too you know so they created produced it along with Hooray, uh and then who brought me on uh, so that's how i originally got on and then how life came around is that after production um we one of the biggest things in the production we wanted to find like all black people like department head so like I say our director Jabria Henning Rafer is a black woman Uh, our DP Sam Hicks is a black uh, black man Um, so we had all these like department heads who were black and it was really important to me to find a black editor and I was like all right, we gotta find a black editor we can't just stop at post production because post is where the story comes together all our work for months and almost a year kind of came to this culminate to this point Um, so I had we partnered with YouTube and Fly on the Wall for this project so I had uh, Fly on the Wall is like send me editors and they were like, all oh, right, we can't, you know, everybody's book, We can't really find an editor, but we got this guy who's in Australia. Um, are you down to like, you know, just see look at his work. And I was like, dang, Australia. Like, all right. The only black person you find is in Australia. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to ask you, did you, did, were you like,
0: Australia, is he black? You know what I mean? Did you say that? Or <laughs>
1: well, one of the big conversations too, Because it was like, cause, cause we had his had conversation with, um, like YouTube and in the Wall, other production partners, were like, all right, we have to find a black person. And they were sending me people who weren't black. And I was like, all right, their work is dope, but like, they're not black. So unfortunately, we can't go with them because we need somebody who really understands the material. Uh, one in on a musicality tip, and then another on like what we're talking about and, and what we want to create as far as like, just like say black acorns, black creativity. Uh, so when I first sent me to him, I was like, all right, he's an Australia. Can't find a black people in LA, LA, I guess. Um, but then I looked at his work, and his work that I was already familiar with. I just didn't mm-hmm. know the face who made the work, right. so I was like, "Yo, this is crazy!" Like, "Yeah, let's definitely get life on." And they're like, "All right, but you gotta like, you know, he's in Australia, so it's a time difference." And I was like, "It's whatever." So John and I actually changed our sleep schedule. We like forced our sleep schedule to change so we can be on life's sleep schedule. Um, so we end up like editing on his, you know, our one AM. It's his eight AM, and we're just like, you know, waking up at twelve. And we're like, "All right, time to go." Wake uh-huh. up like life edit and everything. We'll stay up until like you know twelve o'clock, one in the morning. And then it was repeat. Uh, so that was super dope. So that's how life came on. And like I said, back to the Howard stories, everything is a blessing. I think it happens for a reason. And yeah. then definitely like find a life and you know, find a friend. And I would say like a, a mentor in life, I'll call you that. Yeah. Um, right. uh, was, it was a blessing in, in disguise on this project. Had we have settled, I never would have met this amazing person right here. So.
0: Right, right. Life, life. what what was it like getting the call for this project when you're here? Because obviously you've worked on so many things. So, you know, you you have the option to say yes. Or no? What was about this project in particular that made you say, "Yeah, that this is dope. I want to be a part of it."
2: Well, I have a hard time turning anything musically down. You know, yeah. like it just—it doesn't matter if I'm doing a feature, if I'm doing a whatever I'm doing. I just have music in me, and mm-hmm. and if I like the artist, I'm gonna definitely be drawn into it. But I didn't even know who it was. What really attracted me initially was Hooray. And yeah. then, and then when I saw two young black creatives, I was like, "What? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah." You know, yeah. I want to be a part of it, like, like regardless, you know. Right. It was just a very positive atmosphere, you know. And at this stage in my life, it's like that's all right. I want, you right. know. It's positive atmosphere, right. you know. People,
0: people talk about that a lot in the industry, and you know, yeah. growing up outside of the industry, I was watching. I was like, man, it seems like they work together a lot. Or they do this. And you don't understand until you really, really get into it about how how much time you're spending together on set, on a production for months at a time, sometimes even, you know, over a year, depending on the project. And if you're working with somebody for that, that amount of time and you don't have a relationship. Or can't work well with them, it's going to be the opposite of heaven. You know what I'm saying? It is going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and I think what you said about wanting to pick somebody who is black, because obviously we're not posting color, we're posting black. Um, we talk mm-hmm. about hiring black people for a reason. As a producer, can you speak a little bit more to that? And then I like to about why it's important sometimes to have not sometimes, but a lot of times to have a black editor or somebody black in post working on black content when you know, that maybe people who aren't Black don't understand that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so it was important to me, let's say, because because of the project, um, being all top to bottom, like Black creative, from mm-hmm. Ray coming on uh, to Smino. You know, Smino's a Black artist, having Teddy Ray as our host. I just didn't want to, like I said, stop at the post-production process because I know how important it is being a post-producer and, and editor myself, knowing like, all right, we got to finish this thing with someone who understands all the work we put in in the beginning, you know? So uh, even like the little subtleties where, you know, we would life in Jabril and I would love some parts of the jokes, but we get notes like, oh, like, I don't really understand this. And we're like, but if, if we understand it, so it's hilarious, right. you know, so it works. Uh, so I think right. that that right there is like, what's most important uh, of having a black editor, especially uh, because they just understand the, the totality of the story, what we're trying to do as far as a, from a black creative perspective. Right. Um, and then again, life is so life is so great because he, director himself and he does so much you know he's a multi-hyphenate filmmaker himself uh so he can bring a lot more to the table uh as far as like his his black creativity and what he's done uh in his life you know um so yeah so that's what i would say and then i think more black you know we don't see a lot of ourselves like like we're saying like in the post houses i know Mm -hmm. when i go to a lot of post houses especially in la i'm the only one and i'm like i'm not the only black editor i know but i'm the only black editor that's in this you know 50 to 100 person edit post house uh so it was really important to me to kind of like especially is i had the the hiring power to, to change or do yeah. you know the vehicle to change especially on this project i wanted to make sure that i hired people that was more reflective of what i didn't see what i want to see uh in the future yeah. So uh,
0: no, i love that and that just to jump in that's that's mainly why my brother started posting black when he was working in post houses back in 2009 he was like going in there he's like man i'm 21 and I'm the only one in here. He said, What is going yep. on? So he just started like cold emailing people, cold calling people. Yep. Um, and yep. that's, that's how it changes. Yep. I also want to ask you real quick before I go to life was one of the jokes they didn't understand when Smino said something about Teddy Ray's grandfather being painted like barbecue? Was one of those, was that one? I can't
1: remember. I can't remember. That was hilarious, though. That we really emphasized that one too. Um, yeah. well, we, spent a, we spent a good amount of time making sure that timing and that everything hit right as yeah. far as like punching into that frame. that I forgot the yeah. name of the artist, but it was a black artist who made that, uh, that Victorian okay. photo of, uh, yeah. of Teddy. So we spent a lot of time on that, but I can't remember exactly. Like I don't know if you remember the joke that... Uh, it was like, I don't know, it was something super subtle. I can't remember right now, but... T- Teddy, uh, Teddy,
0: well, Teddy's just so funny to me yeah. in So, I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's yeah. a nut, so... Yeah. There were
1: so. things like that, though, for sure. There was like, you know, it was these subtleties that... You, you may not understand, you may not get or may go over some people's heads, but we're making this for a very specific niche audience. So yeah. as long as we satisfy our niche, then we're good. So
0: Yeah. L- Life, com- coming back to you again, I guess in a similar way that I was asking Jared and, um, about, about being being an editor and, and the content that you worked on over the years, obviously you say you can't turn down music, but have you noticed a difference in some of the projects that you're asked to work on versus some of the other, you know, because of, because of maybe being Black, it's like you have a lot of credits, all of this work, but or is it is it still up in the air sometimes, depending on who, who's asking?
2: For me, it's not so much that, but I'm still extremely aware of what I don't see, like Jared said, and I don't see enough Black people in posts. I don't yeah. see enough Black people on set. I mean, I don't. It's yeah. just kind of like, mm-hmm. yep, like, yeah. like, like, where are we? <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, am I the only one that got the bug? Like, you know, yeah. this? Yeah. So whenever someone you know black reaches out to me, I'm just excited off the top, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then everything else takes off from there. But but um, you know, uh, just to piggyback off of what Jordan was saying, was you know, it was very important to have um, you know, a black staff, mm-hmm. um, simply because culture, like you. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're black, there's things that you understand without saying anything, right? Yep. And yep. so, you know, even something as simple as this. I'll tell you something, right? I was talking to Gabriel about the the um, what do you call it? Like the breakdown. The um, um, what am I trying to say? The script, the script right? Script. The script, right? Yeah. And and the first thing I noticed was. You know, the whoever did it kept putting N I G E R, right? And and the thing, and I was just like, I was so confused. I'm like, that person can't be black. Like, and I'm like, that's just wild, really? And so, you know, we had a chuckle about it, but it's just little things like that. I mean, I mean, that's like so obvious and simple, but it's other nuances, right? That, you know, being like, you don't have to explain. You just
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, what, was the script supervisor Joe Rogan? You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 it was
2: actually, the,
1: it was a transcriptions for the lyrics. We had to get the lyrics. Uh, and it was the transcriptions for a lot of the lyrics. Um, which, is, which is funny, because it is another one of the, like, I guess it's a systemic problem in music and film and entertainment in general. Uh, where Fmino even told me, like, yeah, a lot of times they'll translate my lyrics incorrectly just because i'm using like some slang or i might like say an a but they say er and it that goes up way up to like all right, the streaming yeah. services uh mm-hmm. just because there's not anybody there or like anybody who makes that software yeah. who again looks like us so uh i think it's like like i said it's really important from top to bottom uh even after post you know uh that people look yeah. like us so we can make sure that what we're doing is accurate you know
0: no, so accurate, so accurate one thing one thing I'll ask you know because we're we're not gonna keep you guys all day, but I have two more questions for you real quick. I want to ask you like what was a obviously you've edited so many things, but specifically for this show, what was a memorable cut like and maybe there's something in everything that you edit and cut that you remember you're like, oh man, I remember that part, I really like that, I hope that stays in Was there something in this particular show that you you know you're like, oh, I like the way that turned out and the way that came together
2: I really liked the fact that they they liked the emphasis that I put on some words or some mm-hmm. bum, bum bum, like, you know, some um, musicality type mm-hmm. of techniques that I use. Um, yeah. I, you know, um, I, there wasn't many changes, right? Okay. You know, in that aspect, and I really was like, you know, I, I'm always kind of nervous no matter how long you do it. You're always nervous. It doesn't matter who's critiquing or whatever. Yeah you're always going, gosh, I really hope they feel me, right? right. Because the thing is, is that mm-hmm. when I'm in it, I'm not like, I'm I'm like feeling the music and, and really translating kind of how I feel through my edits, you know?
1: Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I
2: always find that it, you know, it doesn't matter if it was when I first started or now, I just stay true to my gut, you know, mm. and how I enjoy seeing things play at, yep. you know. Yeah. And I just love music so much that, man, you can see I'm dancing when I'm yeah. editing. You know yep. what I mean? I and, and um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just excited that they, nah. they you know, kind yes. of felt that and kept those particular edits in, you know.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. And I, yeah. to follow what Life was saying, I know exactly what you're talking about, Life. It's in a music
1: performance segment like this is the music, you know, this is the this is the footage. Um and it's like have fun with it. And I, I honestly didn't expect it to be so amazing when I first I was like, all right, we're gonna get like a first pass, it's cool, we're gonna have like notes like you traditionally would in a in a um edit session. We got it and you like like said, it seems like he was dancing, like he had fun with the edit from the jump. And I was like, John and I looked at it together and we were like, had a pause it after that first do 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 can't touch it. And we were like, yo hands up (laughs) let me call him right now just to thank him. um and then we just you know really kept the integrity of most of his first cut and maybe like swatching shots out but like i said you can tell you can really tell he was having fun with it uh and we were too you know uh and that's what we wanted to do uh across the board just have fun with this project it was a very like lighthearted, fun energetic project that's putting on you know hopefully you know Camino fans love it, and they're, you know, um, happy with what we made, and then people who don't know know, Camino became fans of his. So that was our overall goal, and it just seemed like from that music segment, I always look at the YouTube comments, and they're, like, blown away from this this music segment. Their life just like, nailed in its first go-around.
0: No, nah, man, it was it was it was so enjoyable, you know, when uh when I was when I first saw it in my in my email box, I said, Man, what is this? Cause I, you know, I love music and I, you know, I play multiple instruments and I'm in it all the time. And I'm just like, wait, I haven't seen this. And you know, I listen to everything, so I'm listening to Smean. I'm like, wait, this is new music. So it it really it really touched on something. I think you guys have something really nice here. Um, not not to keep you, but to close, close out almost. Has there been a piece of advice that has stuck with you? You know, from Howard up to now in your professional life, that you feel like you would you would give to others. You know, for yourself, Jared, and then even for you, life. You know, obviously working in post and then in, in your career in the industry as a whole. So I'll I'll start with you, uh, life, and just go to Jared and close out.
2: For me, I would th- uh, say the biggest piece of of uh, advice is focus on the information, not the destination. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, And what I mean by that is, is, you know, there really is no destination, (laughs) right? The information is, it it stays with you forever. Focus on figuring out what you don't know and just keep adding to that. It's a tool. It just, you know, just keep, you know, putting those tools in that tool belt. Because at some point, you're going to need them. I mean, you know, I find that even now, I still need things that I did 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I'm like, yeah, you know? And so, yeah. yeah, just focus on knowledge and and figuring things out and, and like, really knowing your craft is what I would say, you know? And stop thinking about the money and, you know, all the, you know, all the fancy stuff you're going to get, you know, it's like, <sighs> that's like material shit, you know, stuff. Yeah. Black. No, you know,
0: yeah. You know, yeah, so, yep. that's great advice. That's great advice, Jared. Uh,
2: yeah, I 100% agree with what life just
1: said. Uh, and I would add a couple, a couple of things to so that. What life was just talking about, as far as like just doing it and going, it's about the work, uh, and about the information. I'll also add, uh, just experiment, try new things, especially mm-hmm. younger filmmakers who don't have, um, much to lose. You know, you're not gambling with like a company's reputation or money, you just like creating stuff for pure joy, like keep that joy, and it's, um, just have fun with it and, and experiment and try new things. Uh, I used to call all my films experiments because every film I try to do something a little different whether it's like, and the Dolly or maybe I'm like doing split screen or doing some, you know, I'm doing yeah. something that kind of takes me to the next level or like like try new things and like for said and those things add to your toolbox, you know? So even yeah. if it works, then it's like, all right, I guess I'm keeping this in my toolbox. If it doesn't, it's like, all right, let's try it again and see if I can make it work even better or I can keep it out of my toolbox. So. You just the more you know the more information like that you have uh and the skill set wise as far as like literally editing uh the better you will be and especially for me being a creative producer having that background you know, life and i talked in editing jargon all the time but yeah. i know a, a lot of producers can't really like get into that brain because they don't really they're not in the craft like a, right. a skilled trainer would be so to the producer i would say especially creative producers like study the craft of what you um of what you're you're making you know if you're a creative producer, you're gonna do a lot of post projects. Then you know, edit some projects. Think like an editor. Direct some projects. Think like a director. Um, but then overall, my biggest, my biggest advice would be enjoy it. Like no matter what, like have fun yeah. with it. And find people that you enjoy it with. Um, so you know, like definitely life and I will connect on a lot of other projects. We just really had fun. It didn't feel like work at all. We would wake up, you know, and we're just like, all right, let's let's create today. This this is yeah. fun. Like it's whatever. Um, yeah. And then same for Javier and I we went to Howard together. So We've mm-hmm. had uh, over like 10 year friendship, uh, which is, you know, culminated in us creating projects together. And if we do all this because we enjoy it and we have fun with each other making projects. So that's my biggest advice. It's like, you know, if, as cliche as it is, like if it, if it doesn't feel like work, then, you know, that's your career and that's what you want yeah. you need to do for your life. Yeah. But <laughs> it, yeah.
0: Man, you know, you, I don't know if, you, if people that are listening can't see, but this is a mic and I would drop it if it costs some money. So. <laughs> That's what both of you just did. A mic drop there. Fellas, <laughs> um, light. Uh, Jared and thank you so much for your time Thank you for being here today We truly appreciate you uh, just shedding so much light And What Say What is a, is a hit And we hope people continue to go out and watch it And support and subscribe, comment, do all of that uh, on, on the Hooray channel And for those of you tuning in this episode Thank you so much Please be sure to follow us on Posting Black At and Black on all of our social media channels And subscribe to our YouTube channel And Made for more entertainment Until next time, we'll see you Stay Black